0: hello hello welcome to the making a marketer podcast the show for all levels of experience with the best guests in the industry get ready to learn and laugh here we go I am Megan Powers with Powers of Marketing. You can find me on Twitter at Megan Powers. Welcome to Making a Marketer.
1: I'm Elizabeth Glau at Elizabeth Glau on the social media. I am the client success manager at Sciencio of Event Thoughts. Welcome to Making a Marketer. I
2: am Jen Cole at Jen Cole ICT on the socials. I am co-founder at Depict Media and community manager for Social Media Examiner, and we are making a marketer.
0: Awesome. Okay. So today is episode 25. That's pretty awesome. It's a milestone, right? All the numbers were up to a quarter. And then Michaela, is it like how old you are? <laughs> <laughs>
3: That's how old I wish I was. (laughs) Our our
0: guest today is Michaela Alexis, and she became a LinkedIn marketing superstar. So we're going to get a lot of good insights from her today on this episode. I do want to mention our sponsor is Powers of Marketing, Strategic Communication and Consulting, aiming to help you drive leads that lead to sales. So, Michaela, I'm going to read her a little. She's a Canadian. Welcome, Mm -hmm. eh? (laughs) From (laughs) Ottawa. Millennial LinkedIn strategist, keynote speaker, and author, and an espresso-fueled entrepreneur. Love it. She is a LinkedIn... A millennial LinkedIn master, which is... Awesome. We're going to dig into that a little bit because it sounds like an oxymoron based on a question Elizabeth has for you. Keynote speaker, trainer, author, and coach trying to shake up the business world. She's presented keynote talks and panel discussions on the power of personal branding, building a mega audience on LinkedIn, optimizing your LinkedIn profile, and more. She provides training workshops influencer marketing and linkedin consulting of course our topic of the day today is linkedin it's something that i think has ebbed and flowed in terms of uh, use and necessity and goodness i mean you know like i know i personally have had a lot of issues with the mobile app but that's gotten better but still not not amazing so I'm most excited about this talk today because I feel like they're really making a lot of moves to stay relevant. And so apart from hearing your story, which we want to hear like how how you became this LinkedIn master, I just wanted to give you an opportunity. Did I miss anything um, on on the intro? Anything else you want to share?
3: I mean, that makes me sound super impressive. So (laughs) I'm good with
0: that. You totally are. You wouldn't be on the show if you weren't. All right. So we're going to kick off with Jen and Elizabeth got their questions in before I did. So Jen's question ended up being like a great kickoff question. So we're going to let her go first today. All right.
3: Bring it on.
2: <laughs> What's going on, Michaela? So excited to have you.
3: I am so excited to be here. I mean, I get, to, <laughs> get to talk about LinkedIn without looking like a crazy person, because I get really passionate about it, it's like a good day in my books.
2: That's awesome. I'm so excited to personally get to talk to you about this. I think it's going to be really inspiring. I mean, you've already been inspiring as it is. But I mean, first off, what initially was it that drew you so strongly to LinkedIn? And can you pinpoint the moment when things truly exponentially started growing for your personal brand?
3: I feel like I, I, I didn't even know what personal branding was when I started. Like, for me, I was in a position, I was, like, a month before my 30th birthday. Um, (laughs) I was 29 (laughs) years old. And I feel like for a lot of women, like, you start to look at where your parents were at when they were that age and Mm -hmm. kind of measure where you are. So I thought I would have, like, the big house and the perfect family and the stable career. And I had none of that. And I had been spending so much time marketing for businesses. And yet, when I was a job seeker, I was using this like old, like tired, traditional way of looking for jobs where you send out a gazillion resumes and you hope that somebody reads one of them. And I never give this strategy to a brand that I was working for, and yet I'm using it for myself. So I really started thinking about how can I use inbound marketing as a person? And so that's why I started writing social media and marketing topics on LinkedIn originally. And then over time, I just kind of started to fall more and more in love with the community. At one point, I put out this post saying, this is what my dream job looks like. This is what I bring to the table. And I am not sending out a single resume. I'm done with that. I'm going to rely completely on this community to help me. And what I found was that people actually cared, which was really weird for me because... I had heard so often that community is dead. Like social media has made people these like super cold, like individualistic people. And what I found instead was that there are strangers that were asking me to come interview, even though they didn't have a spot, but they wanted somebody that had that kind of courage to be able to do that and put themselves out there. And so I thought that was really, really interesting. So I think I fell in love with the community before I fell in love with the platform itself. I started writing a little bit more about my experiences as a job seeker. And that was super interesting for me because people were really enjoying that. Like people were really interested. I was I essentially was career vlogging and people were digging it. And I found that, you know, all the stuff that I was posting that was gaining viral traction was relatable. It was conversational and it was helpful. And that was super exciting because it meant that I could talk about the subjects I wanted to and build a community that I was looking for. And so it was like within two weeks I went from a few hundred to thirteen thousand followers. And that was it. Like as soon as that happened But the thing is, is that going viral is, is fun and, and it's exciting, but it doesn't, it doesn't draw you into a community. It, it won't make you continue to create content. It's been three years for me now. It's, it's more than that. It's bigger than that. I see that there's this huge area of opportunity. You know, you have this platform that has over half a billion active users and only 3% of them are creating content currently. And I'm looking yeah. at and being like, how does nobody else see that there's all of this available? And so that's really my mission right now is to kind of be an advocate and and help other people to create this kind of career insurance that I I like to call personal branding for themselves and generate the kind of opportunities that I have.
2: That's amazing. That is absolutely amazing. Career insurance. I love that. That is amazing. How inspiring is that? I love your story Uh, going viral
3: via LinkedIn. I mean, that's Definitely something. So cool, Michaela. Well, you used to be able to. It's changed quite a bit. So back in the day... They were really pushing LinkedIn Pulse. That was like the big thing. So if they saw a post that was gaining a lot of traction, they would actually boost it internally. And so when I wrote my first viral post, which was called How I Landed My Dream Jobs in 2 Weeks on LinkedIn, just talking about the strategy that I just mentioned, within an hour, I had a community manager that reached out to me. So this is like way back <laughs> They had people that were like sorting through articles being like, yeah, I think this one works. I think this one works. I don't think that they do that, <laughs> that way. Or, <laughs> But it was very possible to be able to create. And especially at that point, I remember the fir- the very first thing that I posted had a photo of me. And I always had this idea, because I'm a writer first, that I wanted to use imagery in my storytelling. But that was so frowned upon in 2016. I remember I had the comments of this is an wow. instrument. And Facebook. And I was just, you know, I'm sassy. So I'm like, I can't wait until they bring out video because then I'm going to really bother. <laughs> guys. <laughs> 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 but, but there
2: were
3: a lot of hurdles back then. And I can definitely see why there's so many negative stereotypes about it being a very like scaling conservative platform. Because originally when I was posting, there were things that I had to fight through for sure.
1: Wow, this is amazing. We're like one question in, and we've got you know, <laughs> I've got uh, in inbound marketing for your personal brand. Love that. Like that's amazing. And as Jen pointed out, you know the career insurance. You know, when social media first started, I was an early adopter. As you know, as were these two, of course. And you know, I was doing a lot of speaking at that time too, and telling people like, hey, unless you're going to retire tomorrow. Like you need to get serious about this. Like you need to, you know, check out LinkedIn, right, at a minimum, but other social networks as well. And I will admit, LinkedIn was my first favorite social network because I'm a huge nerd. (laughs) Being in the, you know, in the in the hospitality kind of industry, people tend to change jobs. Well, okay. Let me put it this way: back before people change jobs all the time in every industry, in the hospitality industry, people used to change jobs a lot. And I discovered that, like LinkedIn, was the way I could keep track of people, even if I changed jobs. And I was like, "This is amazing! I love it." So, my question for you, Michaela, is: so because you're kind of targeting, you know, millennials specifically in what you're doing, why do you think it is that they, as a group, and I don't know. I'm not gonna, you know, get started. I don't typically like to stereotype age yeah. groups, whatever. But I do kind of feel like millennials as a group are reluctant to use and, you know, leverage and maximize uh, LinkedIn. So, do you do you have any sense of why that is?
3: I think that it's exactly what I just mentioned. I think that for a lot of people, they looked at LinkedIn two years ago or when they first went into their first job. And I get the comment all the time, well, I'm not looking for work. So what can it offer me? And I just tell them, don't take my word for it. Just go on the platform and see what's up, see what's going on, see the new features and decide for yourself. And I have seen, and it's been really, really exciting for me to be able to see LinkedIn video being introduced last year and watch all these millennials coming in and really shaking things up by sharing professional content, but doing it in a really fun, innovative, creative way. And so I do think that that wave is going to continue. I think when it comes to folks that are older, I think that the problem with with e- anybody that has been in the, the game for a little while is that you have to unlearn so much of what we've learned over time, which is that there's like the personal self and then there's a professional self and you can't blend the two and leave your personality at the door. I mean, I have clients and I I swear about half of the stuff that we do is just therapy and just trying to get them past this mindset of you need to just shut up and do your work. And it's all about sharing, and documenting the journey. And so really having that shift of a mindset has been the hardest part for all people. But I think the more advanced you are in your career, the harder that is to shake. So and then with with millennials, I think it's really just about watching other people Doing it and seeing, okay. And that's why speaking is really important for me because I want people to have those expectations of the type of person that's going to show up and speak on a subject. And I want somebody like me that shows up with a sequined like kimono and, uh, you know, knee high boots and talks about BDSM in my keynotes. I want somebody like that (laughs) to show up just to fake those expectations out of people. And there's all sorts of fantastic people that are going out and doing great work and really really changing the conversation around LinkedIn.
0: That's awesome. Yeah. I was at San Diego state today and I was talking to this young woman who is a senior and she didn't even know she thought she was a millennial. I'm like, no, no, you're Gen Z. (laughs) You listen. Whatever you set yeah. your mind to, you are. But, but <laughs> you like whatever you want. But, but of course, I follow that up with. I mean, it doesn't really matter. I'm like, who cares? Like you are, no. you are a person who is going to have different values and approaches to things. But it is always interesting to me. My favorite talks when the person really boils it down to, like, we're all very much more similar than we are different. So mm-hmm. being able to to wrap your head around that and just. I mean, it does help to have, sort of have an understanding of what expectations are and stuff. But all, yeah, those, those wild stereotypes are driving me crazy. Oh, absolutely. So as we, we talked about your group. So I don't know if we got all the way through on your LinkedIn story. So obviously, you grew your personal brand using LinkedIn. And how many um, followers do you have now? Or how many connections? Yes, they
3: are. So I have 126,000 followers. And I also have a company page for myself as a personal brand that's been going for about two months and it has 4,000 followers. So I'm just constantly trying to find like new ways to build those communities. So someone the other day mentioned that uh, LinkedIn company pages don't work. And that was it for me.
0: I was like, challenge accepted. (laughs) (laughs) Because I have a question for you about that. Yeah. I want to know if you agree that it's really made more for individuals than it is for businesses and brands. Would you agree with that? Well, I think that it's made for
3: individuals and businesses that are not afraid to take risks. I really think that's that's the biggest thing. I know for myself, with my company page, I, I experimented at first. I And I've done this with my personal brand too. I remember when I originally had my personal brand and I was like, I was broke, right? When I started, I had $20. So I went out and got like a whiteboard. I got a notebook and I got like a little tripod. And I was like, I'm going to kill it like this. And then over time, as I started, I, you know, I landed a great job and all this. I was like, I'm going to upgrade my photography. I'm going to get really professional photography and then people are going to go nuts over it and they hated it like they hated it because you know it's not necessarily like a selfie but like having like some sort of photo that's like you in the moment where people feel like it's raw it's candid they're right there with you that's what this is all about this is about documenting the journey it's not about impressing people and so when it comes to company pages you know I put out this post the other day and it was a top 10 company pages on LinkedIn and I was I mean part of it is probably based on the what they're spending with LinkedIn that they made it onto the list let's be honest. But for the most part, there wasn't a single person on there that I could point to and say, this is a gold standard. This is somebody that you should thrive to be like. I think that there's so much work that can be done on LinkedIn company pages. The fact that there's native video and I can count like on both of my hands, how many companies have actually taken advantage of this They're still posting like YouTube links. This is a really huge area of growth you can also boost video posts on company pages. That's a huge area of opportunity right there. And it's really about finding that balance between, yes, you can have like the pretty branded photos and you can be educational, but it's also okay to treat your followers as a community. So I'll go on and I'll shoot like a five second video being like, Hey, I'm at this event. I'm going to be at this booth from this time to this time. If you want to just meet and give me a high five, like I'm here. And that's what makes people feel special, and we know that on the personal brand side. But it, for some reason, it's really hard for people to wrap their heads around that when it comes to the company pages. But that's really what it's all about. And a lot of the the stuff that works on Facebook or on Twitter or on Instagram is stuff that you can experiment with on LinkedIn. But companies seem to have that mentality that there's a personal and professional self, and professionals are all about numbers and about. No, it's it's just it's, it hasn't been the case for me, and it hasn't been the case for most businesses throughout history. People buy from people that they like and trust. Period. So it's up to businesses to figure out how that happens on every platform.
0: For sure, yeah, I do think video is a game changer. I would say the challenge I came across without advertising dollars for my clients was getting people to follow the page. They're not going to see what you're posting unless they're following the page, and or People in the company actually comment and share, right? Because then it, you know, that affects the algorithm. But when you're in a small startup and you know everyone's busy doing the work, it just it was a very a really hard time. So that's kind of where my mindset is coming from. And I was doing video for them, but not on LinkedIn because I don't know we just hadn't gotten to that place. But. I like well, I think, it. Okay. I
3: think when it comes to like building the traffic, a lot of people kind of think that. So when I work with clients, I, I focus on the company page and also on the personal brand because I don't think that you can have one without the other. And if anything, my personal brand, like my personal brand content, is very different than my company page, which is part of the reason that I separated the two. There are people that care about LinkedIn training, and then there's people that just want their daily dosage of inspiration, or they want to smile, or they want to watch me dress up as a stock photo for Halloween or whatever it may be, and I don't want to annoy them with that content so i separated the two but then your personal brand really becomes the honey you can attract people to your profile and then from your profile then they follow your company page and when you think of that as a marketer how many steps are people taking to get to your company page it's exciting to me because i know that if i put out content it reaches somebody's newsfeed. they click on my name to go to my profile they scroll down to my experience click on my company page and then click follow The amount of steps that someone's taken to put up their hand and say, yeah, I'm interested in this thing is great because they're already halfway down the funnel. So that was really exciting for me.
0: Yeah. Well, and I I think just to go back before I let Elizabeth go up next on the articles and that people not utilizing that, I think in the beginning it was like, okay, basically you got a notification for every time. And then they they took that away. So between that and I talked with the founder of Blogger about this and his perspective was... Here's the challenge with it is that then LinkedIn owns your content. You don't own your content if that's the only place you're putting it. So are you repurposing? Are you putting your blogs in different places and saying like originally posted somewhere or whatever?
3: So, I mean, I have my, my website, but I am a big believer in like walking the walk. So, you know what, if I say I'm an LinkedIn expert, I better be able to find leads and close them on LinkedIn. So I use them on my website, but not super often. If I post on LinkedIn, I'm also posting on Medium. I think that is essential for anybody that's posting on LinkedIn. The templates for both of them are identical. So it's a difference between you know, it taking you like five minutes to like copy and paste your Word document into LinkedIn. And then you just copy and paste it into Medium. So there's no reason not to do it. The other reason that I found personally, um, I don't know if this is still the case, but there are scouts that are on both platforms. So there's scouts that are on LinkedIn Pulse looking for articles that they can repurpose through their publications. And then there's scouts that are on Medium and they're different. That, that's what I found at least. I know that when it comes to like PR daily success.com. A lot of that stuff has come through medium and then CNBC that came through LinkedIn pulse. Wow.
0: Awesome. All right. That's a good, really good tip. I didn't know that about medium.
3: Yeah, that's a big one. And again, I think it's like it's such an easy thing to do. But I also when it comes to publishing, the way that I publish has always been really weird. I've never just kind of shared my post and then let it be, even after they made the change where you don't get notified. So what I do is I'll actually create a like a mini article. So like an update on LinkedIn, and I'll kind of give like the the context of what the article is about put in a photo and then add the URL to it. So if I have an article that's really, I know it's kick-ass, then I also have another space where it could potentially go viral. And that's that's actually happened to me on a few occasions. So that's kind of a way to double up because I found that the audiences, at least for me, have been very different. So the people that will read a full-fledged article are different than the ones that are going to look at the text and photo posts and are very different than the ones that will look at my videos. So if I do an article, I will actually sit and wait and see what the comments are. I take the pieces that are resonating with people the most, and then I put that into a video format. So it's literally a script for my videos, oh, and nice. no one seems to notice yet. Now that I've told my secret, yeah. everyone's gonna be like, i can't lie. <laughs> 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 no, super smart."
1: That's brilliant, though.
3: It's always just been a different audience, and they have different comments. So.
1: Yeah. I mean, I've read about, you know, like, oh yeah, you know, see what's resonating, right? And you kind of take that and like, that's what you, you know, boost or whatever. That's great. I love that you're taking that into and making that, you know, the video part of it. Our blog originally was on Medium and I think it does have a lot of value because it's like that, uh, what you described with, with LinkedIn, where they will, you know, they'll, they'll put like, yes. you know, push things for you. And that's a good tip that it is the same format, like, you yes. know, it's laid out the same way as LinkedIn. So that's, yeah, that's a really good tip. So, I mean, we've talked a lot about a lot of tips. So, you know, we kind of went from personal, you know, to business. So what would you say is your, you know, top tip for using LinkedIn? And actually, let's go with the, uh, let's go with the business angle, you know, so for a company or a brand, and maybe yeah. I'll make it doubly hard and, and split it okay. into. You know, as Megan pointed out a little bit, like it is harder for companies that have limited budgets and resources yeah. versus you know brands that maybe have more. So maybe I'll give you a double challenge and see if you can come up with like a top tip for each.
3: <laughs> okay, so for company pages, I think the thing that I see the biggest mistake that, that I see is the fact that there's no call to action and. I don't know why, but marketers have this idea. I I just talked to one today and they were like, well, but like, we can't have every single post be talking about buying the book. And I'm like, a call to action doesn't need to be to buy something like a call to action. is just encouraging people to do, like telling people what to do next. And, you know, a strong brand is all about having that confidence and showing that competence and confidence in your writing says, this is what we think. And this is what you should do next. And a lot of people, like I see, they're crushing it in terms of their copy, but they're not. They're not really encouraging any sort of conversation. They're not giving people a chance to share their opinion. People love to give their opinions. You know, it's like little things. Like I've done giveaways for uh, microphones and I, it was all about video tools, video tools that I recommend that are under a hundred dollars, something like that. And I asked people to tag their favorite video influencer on LinkedIn. It was great because it was free marketing for me. I got the product for free, which made it even better. But it's really about encouraging people to share that information or ask people for advice. What advice would you give to other people that are in exposition? So I think that is the biggest thing. I think also experimenting with video and I don't mean like full-fledged like stylized production because that actually doesn't really work well on LinkedIn. There are people, there are a lot of companies that are having a lot of fun by combining a little bit more style into like their TV shows but still having fun with it. So there's one company and I use it all the time as an example but it's a recruitment firm and they have a show called uh, hashtag talk about it and this guy he just goes around and he eats tacos and he sits down with like other business leaders and he has interviews like that and it's just so fun it's so awesome. playful it's still like he feels comfortable because it's still like that interview kind of style so I think like that's the biggest thing is have fun with it like don't feel like you need to spend thousands and upon thousands of dollars I'm doing it all organically by myself to be able to generate engagements just all about creating value, inspiring people and inspiring conversation. And then on the personal brand side, I think that the biggest issue that I see with people... Well, there's a couple. I think one is that people are so fixated on impressing other people. So you see that these people have all of their awards, all of the things that they've won, all the things that they've done without even talking about why they do what they do. And I'm a big believer that people don't care about what you do, what you have to offer, what you've achieved until they know who you are. So I really tell people that you really, it sounds cliche, but you need to start with why. You need to share that story about how you got to where you are before you start talking about your services and then adding your calls to action. So I think that's a big one is just really focusing on connection, not impressing. And then the other thing is having the what and the so what in your content. So it's really important. We all talk about vulnerability and sharing these personal stories, but it doesn't matter at all if it doesn't matter for the person reading it. right? So yeah. you can talk about, and I've tried this. I've talked about crotches on LinkedIn. So I believe that
0: there's nothing
3: <laughs> that is off limits on LinkedIn. As long as you can tie it back to something that actually makes sense or matters to the person reading it. So it's all about sharing those relationships stories, uh, using those storytelling skills, but then also remembering that it's not about you. This isn't a journal. This isn't your memoir. This is about your audience. So always bringing it back to Why does this matter to the person reading
1: it? That's cool. We won't ask you what the call to action on the crotch post was.
3: (laughs) You know what? It did? The call to action was check everything on mobile because I was working with the CEO and he had this beautiful like photo of him and his staff members on desktop version as his cover photo, and he didn't check it on mo- on the mobile version. And I'm like, you should probably check it on mobile. He's like, ah, nobody nobody uses cell phones, anyways. Uh, so I it for him and I was like crying laughing because it was <laughs> it, like super professional headshot, and then he oh. had a bunch of crotches behind.
1: Him. That's.
2: Fantastic. I use it as just like a warning story for people. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my gosh, that is absolutely hilarious. (laughs) Um, So, you know, you kind of, you made a beautiful segue a second ago into what I want to talk about next. One thing that I love about you and is literally scroll stopping for me Mm -hmm. is when you tell your real and raw stories, Like you, I feel like you don't leave a whole lot out some days and some people have very long captions and I get kind of bored reading about three or four lines down yours. I will stop and I will see more and I will read your entire caption. Uh What I want to know is why do you feel, it's amazing, (laughs) like you are such a great storyteller and I think that that is so entirely powerful. Um, Why do you feel like, I feel like I know the answer as a user and as one of your uh, huge fans i have to say but why do you feel like this works so well when it comes to building a true tribe in
3: terms of like storytelling and storytelling and being
2: real and raw like you you
3: tell your feelings you tell your experiences <laughs> it's amazing but the thing is is that so a lot of people look at some of the stuff that i post and they're like i could never do that i'm like i three years ago could never do that either we all started yeah. together, right? So when I first started writing, I just started writing about, like, I had a really terrible interview experience where the business partners were splitting up and one of them came in the room and just started swearing at me and she was throwing her shoes. And I thought I was a whole, I thought it was a joke. Like, I, I didn't know what to do. And obviously, I didn't accept the job.
0: But <laughs> it I was like, it was too good. What? You don't to want to have shoes them. thrown at you? Come on. <laughs> you know, it was just, it was too perfect not to
3: share it. So I, I shared stuff like that. And then I started talking a little bit more and then opening up a little bit more. And now I, I am really open Obviously, there's things that I don't talk about, too. Like, if it doesn't tie back to someone's career journey, then I won't post it on LinkedIn. There's other places for that. Like, I'll use Instagram, I'll use Facebook, whatever. But I really do focus on my career journey, even if it has to do with crotches or dressing up as a can of beans. It does (laughs) tie back into the message that I'm trying to share. And I think that storytelling in general, I use the advice, cover your content in strawberry jelly. Because when I was younger, I used to hate taking pills and my mom would put in a spoonful of jelly and she'd spoon feed it to me mm-hmm. and I always tell people I'm like you can be the most brilliant person in the world and I work with some of these people I work with people that have the most amazing experience you could possibly hear and but they're afraid to add those storytelling techniques because they just want to get straight to the point and the problem is is that we don't we're not ready for the point just straight up, right? We right. need to, to have the storytelling to wrap it around the, the message to be able to, to consume it a little bit more delicately. So I really think that's important is, is you know, you, your message is important. But I think even more important than your message is, is how, you, how are you going to deliver that message to the people? Yeah, absolutely.
2: You do a wonderful job of that. Um, it's really cool being able to share your, you know, you have great success, but then you also have the funny times too. And the, the times that are not so great. And like yeah. getting to hear your real experience with climbing to the top to being as amazing as you are now is just really, really inspirational for a lot of us out there that are kind of working on similar things. But it's so cool to, to read the stories and, and you do it so well. I just have to say that. Well, thank you.
3: Well, you yeah. know, I think for me to continue going, like, and I wrote 50 articles for free for no other reason, except love <laughs> the community over the past three years. And it really came down to the fact that I knew that if I was going through something, that there was a chance that some, somebody else was too. And a lot of yeah. people can see what happens behind the scenes. The fact that, you know, I have had my husband that has asked me to stop writing. I have had coworkers that have asked me to stop writing Not necessarily because like I was exposing too much, but because they saw some of the comments that came in. I've gotten death threats before. I've gotten all sorts of nasty remarks. When I talked about reporting harassment in in one of my old workplaces, I was threatened within gosh, 24 hours by that workplace. But really, at the end of the day, you know, it's that quote, you as why can withstand almost anyhow. And, and I, I truly believe that, that if you, if you feel like this message, if it just reaches one person and it changes their life and all of this is worth it, then it really does allow you to do things that you normally wouldn't do, like talk about, you know, uh, dressing up as a can of beans or being a bartender at a country bar and all of that stuff.
0: So insightful. You're, 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 you're such weird with words. I just am like so many little knowledge bombs. I love it. I was like starting to write stuff down and I'm like, I'm going to listen to it back again. I'll just catch it the next time. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So we've been starting to do a brain break halfway through, but we were rolling so well that we blew way through halfway. But I do want to take a quick brain break. And this month is Thanksgiving month. And so I wanted to do a little round robin and go around and have everyone share what you're most thankful for right now? Like in this moment? Michaela, since you're not muted, do you want to go first? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, you can go first. (laughs) No, you go first.
3: Okay. I think that I am thankful that I had um, a community that supported me as I left the the corporate world. I think being able to pivot and work as a solopreneur um, and have so much support worldwide has just been absolutely wonderful.
0: Fabulous. All right. So I'll go next and then we'll go Jen, Elizabeth. I am, I found myself walking um, out of San Diego state today, just feeling like I just love my job. Like they're one of my clients, the hospitality and tourism management program at San Diego state. And well, I just love academia too. And just being around all the students and the learning and stuff is just really exciting. But um, and I had like a little mentor meeting with a student earlier this morning. And I don't know, I'm just grateful that I'm able to share, that I'm able to, first of all, to get business by referral because that's how this came about. I'm able to be back on my campus and then I'm able to share the things that I've learned with other people along the way. So that for me today is, the, is my biggest. And what you got
2: all right well I have to say that right now in this moment and many other moments I am incredibly thankful for an amazing business partner at Depict Media she's seriously the best and I just have to say that she's amazing she's patient she teaches me great things and our communication has been wonderful and we've grown a lot in the last year and so very thankful for
0: her and her name is Julie Riley Tradition. Julie Riley. <laughs> <laughs> She's sitting right across the desk from you right now. She right? Yes, is. I just terrified <laughs> her.
1: <laughs> That's awesome. So... I'm gonna say I'm I, because I just you know I did a, a blog post about it this month. I'm I'm thankful for my MPI community. So for those of you who don't know, Meeting Professionals International, it's just an association, and you know they gave me and it's it's not like they like it's not a thing, right? It's all of the people specifically who you know I served in, on committees with or who encouraged me when I was young or you know mentored me, whatever, right? Like you find yourself in different positions along the way like along your you know, career journey and the people affiliated with that association just happened to be kind of where I was most plugged in and, and you know they've just given me so much you know in my career so I you know wrote a blog post and, and called out you know, specific people because I you know I just I love you know giving people credit for you know, how they've helped me so I'm, I'm thankful for all of them.
0: That's awesome. I was, I was listed. That was exciting. Did you see Elizabeth that I ran into Peggy the other day in San Diego? Yeah. Yeah. Super random people. (laughs) Yeah. Shannon DeSauza. I saw her first and I was like, wait, you know, she lives in Canada. She lives in Vancouver. Like walking into my watering hole, like my place that's around the corner from my house that I'm at all the time. It was crazy. Okay. 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 All right. So we have a little bit, we have about 10 minutes left. And we talked about this a little bit, Michaela, but obviously we talked about LinkedIn's made some huge moves over the past year to stay relevant and competitive. Do you think they're doing a good job of keeping up or, you know, do you think they have some work to do? Like, is there something you think they should be doing that they're not?
3: They have a ton of work to do. The good news is, is the first two years that I was creating content on LinkedIn, I had very minimal contact from anybody. At LinkedIn. And that has changed dramatically. Um, I'm in constant contact with somebody on different teams, research development, all of that. And I think that's a really good first step, the fact that they're really trying to tap into the community itself and really work with people that have been on there creating communities. So I think that's a good move. I think that there's a lot of exciting stuff that has happened. I think that there are glitches with a lot of the features that have come out. I think that those will be worked out in due time. I think there's all sorts of great stuff that people don't know about. Like the find nearby feature on LinkedIn. The fact that you can just turn on Bluetooth and you can see people in a conference. If you all turn it on, you can connect with like hundreds of people at the same time, which is just phenomenal. Native video is another one. They're coming out. They're actually testing one feature right now, which is very much like medium. So if you go on medium and you want to subscribe to someone's blog, you can just click subscribe. So they they're playing around with something like that on LinkedIn right now, which I think is really exciting because like you already mentioned back in the day, Back in the day, you would post an article and your entire network would be notified. So especially if you had a large network, it would allow you to almost double your network with the right article. And that ha- that doesn't happen anymore. A lot of people aren't seeing content anymore, especially with the algorithm change now where it's favoring new creators and pushing aside old creators, older creators like myself. It's going to allow people to, to keep in touch and you're going to be able to have that direct line with people.
0: Wow. I didn't know about that find nearby function. That's oh, it, so it's like it's, I love it's like a party trick. Huh?
1: So I when I saw that, yeah, I was super excited when I first saw it. But you don't you have to like turn it on? See, the the problem with it, Megan, is yeah. you have to like do it all the time. You can't just like turn it on and then it's on. Yeah. So when you're at an event, you have to like remember to do it, um, and everybody else has to remember to do it too, which is like the problem I think.
3: So the <laughs> the, one, so the few times that I've seen it done effectively is if you have an MC or you are a speaker and you get on stage. You show Mm -hmm. everybody, okay, now everybody go on to here. You're going to click on yeah. find nearby and when that does happen though it's really awesome to see because all of a sudden now you have a room like think about the possibilities at a conference you're all in the same room trying to learn the same subject well you ha- already have something in common right and so yeah. you just see people's eyes light up or they're like i don't need to get business cards <laughs>
1: uh, right exactly That's they're, also awesome. trying,
3: a- they're trying to do the qr code thing too which is a right. little bit glitchy right now i think that what they're really trying to do is just kind of completely retire the business card which I think I'm okay with personally because I you know I travel so much yep. that I'm always constantly afraid that I'm gonna lose the wrong business card so anything that they can do to try and uh, change that would be super helpful but I think there's a, there's gonna be some fun changes in 2019
1: yeah there and there's some you know there's some other technology companies that are trying to also get rid of the business card but like why shouldn't it be LinkedIn right like <laughs> Like LinkedIn is your, you know, kind of your online business card, right? So yeah, well, they I mean, should
3: That's
2: That's,
1: that's they why they
3: it was wired, right? It's the world's largest professional Rolodex. And right. what I think is really fun to watch is Microsoft is starting to integrate a lot of its products with LinkedIn. I know that currently right now, I can't remember how many thousands of LinkedIn employees there are, but they're all being transferred over to Microsoft products, which is from Google, which is massive news that people don't know about. Right, you're starting to see a lot of the features being integrated with Outlook. There's definitely going to be some sort of collaboration with Skype. Now, if you go onto Word documents and you're typing on a resume, it will actually show you recommendations from other people like you, their LinkedIn profile, which is super helpful. When you go on Outlook, you can message people using, if you have them on LinkedIn, like all this stuff is, is really, really powerful. I think right now it's just about, okay, they have all this Possibility. There's so many things that they can do. How can they do it effectively? And that does take time. I think that, you know, it's not going to be perfect. Even with video, video has been around for a year. We've got to give it a couple more years to really see
1: what kind of functionality it's going to have. Yeah, that's cool. So tell us really quick about the uh, Crown Plaza Ambassador program. So we, we we started talking just you know a minute ago about um, events. You know, with the find you know find nearby. Is is your top tip for event organizers that they should have their speakers tell all their attendees to turn that on? Or do you have like a better tip for event organizers?
3: I love I love giving event organizers tips because there's so much that you can do, especially with LinkedIn. One of my favorite tips is yeah, find nearby is awesome. It will make you a champ with like your attendees, because it just makes their lives easier. But really focusing on encouraging them to connect before during and after the event so there's so many events that i've gone to where it's alive for like the three days that it's there and then it's just dead for another year and you really need to think long term okay how can we continue that buzz and make people ambassadors so you know i tell uh, event planners all the time okay instead of thinking about how can we increase the buzz during the event because people are going to live tweet people are going to talk about where they are they're going to take photos in front of the fancy photo booths, whatever. You don't need to encourage people to do that. But what you do need to encourage people to do is start sharing their experience later on on LinkedIn. So you can extend it to be within two weeks if you go on LinkedIn and choose one person to get a free ticket for the next year. But really focus on making those people your spokespeople. That's probably my best tip when it comes to LinkedIn.
0: That's great advice. Yeah, especially now that hashtags are working. And actually being used on LinkedIn shows like social media marketing world. I mean, people use that hashtag all year long. It's funny because people are still using the 18. It's making me laugh. I'm like, come on. Why, maybe we should transition over into the next. That's why you
1: need to drop the year from your event hashtag. <laughs> <Just saying. laughs>
2: I value
0: your input. I will talk to somebody. That's <laughs> <laughs> That's so funny. Okay. All right, we're winding down. Um Jen ask your question real quick, quick answer, quick question. All right. Okay. Yeah. So
2: Michaela, what is your favorite way to network with other industry professionals at live events speaking of
3: my favorite way to network with is to use LinkedIn to um, like have a, a, like a soft opening. I've gone to so many events, especially like with Twitter, this is huge where people will get to know each other on Twitter chats and in the Twitter space, and then they're all friends and they meet up together. And the same thing is totally possible with LinkedIn. Like, why go into a room cold? Why not post something online saying, Hey, I'm going to this event, post a photo of you with like your ticket and ask who else is going and see what happen. It's a great way to find new people, make new connections, and also build a relationship before you actually get there. Um, that's what I do at every single conference. I'm connecting with every single speaker, with attendees that have signed up, anybody that I can connect with, I'm I'm doing that in advance.
2: That is so smart. I never I've never actually thought to do that. It's so
0: obvious. <laughs> what <laughs> Thank you for that. (laughs) I think, well, uh, maybe not on LinkedIn, but you're definitely, I mean, by virtue of of your community job, like you're, that you're already doing, you're already doing it.
2: This is true, I guess. Yeah,
0: that's true. You you see people, you're like, oh my gosh,
2: from that that perspective.
0: (laughs) Right. All right. Yeah, that's fine. Yeah. <laughs> that makes me laugh that you're because you're so you're so doing that. That's hilarious. But now this is a show about LinkedIn, so now we'll, you can roll LinkedIn into your your repertoire. Okay. So, Oren, one last question: Is there a latest tech mm. app gadget something mm. that you're geeking out on these days? Any uh, any new toy? Um, I I, I kind of talked about
3: this in my social media examiner article, but the one that people just don't seem to know about is big view So I am not a freestyler. I do not like to I've seen some people that can wing it when it comes to videos I am not one of those people. I want an outline or I want a script I want to know what I'm talking about. Otherwise, I start rambling like this and I start talking about crotches That's what happens (laughs) <laughs> so, so I use a uh, big U. It sounds good. B I G V U. And it's a teleprompter app. So you can use your smartphone. It, and you, like, you you copy and paste your script right into the app and it overlays it onto your face basically so that you can read it on the screen. You're not looking off screen. You're not looking down at your notes and it has made all the difference in the world. Because I used to get that comment all the time. People would be like, you're looking off screen or it doesn't feel authentic and it's still not completely authentic, but they don't seem to know it. <laughs>
0: <laughs> but whatever makes you comfortable, right? That's the thing about doing video is that uh, you do what do what works for you yeah your safe space yeah it's funny because i used to uh, even on this show i used to have the questions would be on a different monitor and then i'm looking over here when i'm doing on the lives because the other show is live and then i'm like now because i feel like i need to be looking at the people but really if i'm looking this way who knows whether i'm looking at a document or the camera really no, so yes yeah, exactly so, so that's a great <laughs> tip i like i'm gonna have to check that out for sure and it's free also oh and what? <laughs> All right, so this was really, really cool, Michaela, that I got to meet you at IMAX um, was a delight, and then we have, you know, Amanda Robinson in common, and Brian Fanzo, and Elizabeth met her at IMAX also, and then, so Jen and the social media examiner tie-in, so this is like perfect. It's a small world, isn't it? We're all just BFFs now. (laughs) (laughs) Well, thank you so much for taking time out of your day to be with us, and we'll continue to watch your adventure, and on know that our listeners will benefit from all the knowledge bombs you dropped on us fingers crossed today no absolutely all right so thank you also elizabeth and jen my partners in crime so this has been a fantastic episode on linkedin episode 25 of making a marketer and we will catch you next time